0: Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Polling. My name is Pat Polling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Polling. Happy to be with you this week as we kick off season seven of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. This week's topic Overnight Success, a Case Study. We're going to take a look at a family. That wasn't a poor family, but certainly not a wealthy family. They made a certain amount of money every year. They raised their family. They saved what they could. And they retired in their 50s and now own a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, generating more income than when they worked. And that net worth continues to grow. How did that happen? Well, that's going to be this week's topic. As always, thank you for joining us, and if you have questions, I want you to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. We are going to be doing lots of exciting things here in Season 7. I would love to hear from you about questions you have or topics you would like us to address. You are going to get a chance to meet some other members of our team as we expand our podcasting host duties from myself to some of the other principals in Mara polling, as well as some of our leadership and frontline team members. We'll be bringing some other folks in from around the industry for chats from time to time. We want to make sure that those topics we cover are topics that are of real interest to you. So, please, Shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com, and let me know what you'd like to hear from us during 2023, Season 7. All right, let's dive into this week's topic. So we enjoy doing case studies. The case studies we've done up until now have been about individual assets. This is a case study about a family an investor that we work with. And I just think it's a wonderful story. One, it it's not rags to riches, but it's certainly a wonderful success story. And it's not unique. There are many, many, many versions of this story out there. And it's available to many, most, all of you. That are listening, whether you're doing so as a passive investor or as an active investor. So we're going to talk a little bit about the setup and then how this all transpired. Now, obviously, we're not sharing details that would uh expose, you know, share anything personal about this particular family. Uh, so some stuff will be a little more generic. We won't be mentioning locations in terms of where investments were made and the like. Uh, but we'll give you a pretty good idea as we go through of some of the things that uh, that made all of this happen. Okay, so let's start with the setup. So we're talking about a couple. Uh, they have a couple of kids. Uh, as a family, they never made more than, I think, about $80,000 a year. So like I said, this was not a poor family, but this is not a wealthy family. Uh, they lived in uh, one of the coastal states, uh, generally it's more expensive to live along the coast than it is to live uh, inland. So that amount of money per year, not a lot to go around. They raised a family and they saved what they could put money into their 401 K's and put some money into the bank. Um, you know, the reasonable kinds of things that we're all taught to do when we're young. Well, today they're retired. They actually retired quite a while ago uh, in their 50s. They have a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio comprised of a pretty good number of properties. And they generate more income today than when they worked. And again, they're not working. And their net worth continues to grow. So as we've talked in the past, they're They're living the strategy. They're living off of the golden goose's eggs, but the golden goose is alive and well and growing every single year. So how did all that happen? Well, let's start with some basics. This is a pretty focused group of people. Uh, this family didn't drive the fanciest car in town. They didn't take the biggest, fanciest vacations. They still did all the things that uh, families enjoy doing, but in some degree of moderation. And I think you'll find in many success stories that that's a key component, is living within your means so there is some money to set aside and invest. The key ignition point, if you will, happened about 20 years ago, when they bought a new house, new to them, not a brand new house, but a new home to live in. And they made the decision not to sell their current house. So they had a new home that they lived in. And they still owned their other house, which they now turned into a rental. And at first, the rental income, especially when you consider all of the set-asides that need to be done for repairs and maintenance and landscaping and all the other activities that go into owning a piece of property. And those of you that own and operate directly know exactly what we're talking about. There wasn't any extra cash flow out of it so at least initially this wasn't doing anything to move them towards their goal but the property was growing in value and over the course of several years rents increased and as rents increased they increased at a rate faster than the cash expenses the loan was a fixed amount the operating expenses while they did increase they increased fairly modestly, and suddenly there was cash flow. Not large amounts, but there was cash flow. And that cash flow contributed along with the savings that the family had been making all along. That contributed towards building a nest egg. A nest egg that they were then able to use quite a number of years later to purchase a second property. Now this was smaller. This one was a condominium. The condominium wasn't in their town. Now, if you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know that one of the suggestions we have is that you purchase rental properties, if you're going to manage them yourself, generally close to home, within maybe an hour's drive, so that on your way home from work or on a weekend, you can swing by and take a peek you're also more familiar with those communities than you are with one that's farther away. That is not what this particular couple did, but it worked for them. They purchased a condominium in a town some distance away, not an hour, but more, and they rented it. And they were able to purchase it in such a manner that it did generate some cash flow right away, not a large amount, but some. And so the cash flow from that property and the cash flow from the original property together, along with their savings, began to grow. And you can see where this is going. We're headed towards another property. And then something happened. And that is that the original home had grown in value to the point that it was, in their estimation, under levered. Now, if you have been a listener for a while, uh, actually even just a week, last week we talked about five things that we learned in 2022. And one of them was that putting lazy equity to work is a welcome part of the success strategy for a long-term investor. They had some lazy equity. They were able to refinance that property Do it in such a way that they still had some modest positive cash flow, but free up some lazy equity that along with their savings that they had built, they went and bought another property. This one, a single family rental, not a condominium. Again, in the same market as the condominium they purchased, not near them. Again, not exactly what we'd recommend, but that's what they did. And that property began with some positive cash flow. Over time, all of those assets grew in value to the point where additional assets were able to be added to the portfolio. When they decided to retire... The 401k funds were transferred into a self-directed IRA, and some of those funds were then used to purchase additional assets that they manage, but that are owned by the IRA. And if you're not familiar with self-directed IRAs, we've got some great content at the Learning Center on marapolling.com, where you can go learn more about those. They can be a very helpful tool. You need to understand the rules around using a self-directed IRA. But that's what this uh, couple, uh, this family did. When you add all of those pieces up, no one of them was a huge home run. But what you end up with is a scenario where the assets today Especially in the last year or two, with the significant growth in rents that we have seen, the assets today are generating about 50% more monthly cash flow than what the couple were earning in take home cash when they were fully employed. So they're making more money today than when they worked. The value of the portfolio is several million dollars. And it's continuing to grow in value, as are the rents. They've gone from a strategy of, we may be able to retire in our 50s, and if we live modestly, we might be able to pull this off, to now looking at other investment opportunities and beginning to enjoy some of their success with some travel and a few other items. Now, if you were to meet them today, you'd say, wow, that's amazing. Those folks are really fortunate. Look at how successful they are. Well, it started 20 years ago with a modest lifestyle and the understanding that real estate is one of the ways that regular people can build real wealth. You don't have to be a millionaire in order to become a millionaire investing in real estate. Having time on your side is probably one of the greatest benefits. I get the opportunity to chat with folks on a regular basis that shoot me emails and ask for some time. And the ones that are probably the most exciting for me is when I talk to someone that's in their 30s or even in their 20s. And that says, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I want to do this. So that's fantastic. And you will find a way And the greatest thing is if you're doing this, say you're 35 years old, you can make 10 years worth of mistakes. You don't have to even make any money for 10 years. And you could find yourself as a grizzled veteran at 45 that really understands how it all works. And then you've still got 30 or 40 years of investing in front of you. That's doubling after doubling after doubling after doubling. There are so many opportunities to grow some significant wealth, and the price of admission is not hundreds of thousands of dollars. It can be done modestly. Now, you might listen to this story, this case study, and say, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work, though. They managed these properties, and they were actively involved, and they had to find them, and I don't have time to do all of that, and I don't know how to do all of that. Well, you can do the same with passive investments. Now, a standalone individual syndicated asset, you're going to pay tax when that asset sells because generally they're not set up to do a 1031 to roll those dollars and to keep them functioning long-term. Our total return fund is structured that way as are other funds though that you can invest in and be in those funds for a longer period of time where you can gain those benefits. So there are paths using passive investments that can allow you to do that. And you might find that owning assets directly could be something that makes sense for you. We think something in the neighborhood of 80 to 85% of the content we share every week is applicable to the smaller scale active owner investment. Some obviously is geared towards the larger scale big commercial projects that we invest in a 400 unit asset, for example. But many of the strategies, as I said, over three quarters, certainly are applicable to The duplex that you might go by down the street. So as we do often, we encourage you, take a look at multifamily real estate. If you don't have any in your portfolio, give serious consideration to adding some. If that's something you think makes a lot of sense and you'd like to chat about it, I'm happy to let you bounce ideas off of me and I'll give you my my free advice. (laughs) As I I did just today with a couple of folks that set some time up with me. And if you're interested in making a passive investment, let us know. I'm happy to share with you the documents for our total return fund, the private placement memorandum and operating agreement for you to simply review so that you can get a better sense of what an investment like that might look like. If we're a good fit for you, that'd be wonderful. We would obviously love to work with you. And at the same time, we're not going to be a good fit for everyone. And you might find some other sponsor that's a better fit for you. Congratulations. That's fantastic. We simply want to see folks get into the game and enjoy the benefits that multifamily real estate can provide. As I said, this is the beginning of season seven. We're very excited about what we're going to be doing this year. If you have any thoughts about what you might like to see us cover, do not hesitate to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. We will add your thoughts to everyone else's. That's what's going to guide us this year in terms of the content that we provide. I'm very excited to introduce you to some of the other members of our team so that you can get to not only know who they are and, and what their view of the world is, but that you can tap into the expertise that they've developed through their decades in the multifamily space. I hope you have yourself a great rest of the week and please join me next week for another episode of multifamily real estate investing presented by Mara Pollock.